This is Wildcat Country. It's only right. The ball's in his hands. A milestone victory for Arizona. Simon Says Championship. All the inside scoop on U of A athletics. Welcome to another edition of Wildcat Country, Eric Cohen and Shane Dale. And before we get going here, we were going to record this on Sunday night. And if you're in the state of Arizona listening to this, you'll understand that there were a lot of storms that kind of interfered with not only Shane's and my recording experience, but our guest, uh, Jeff Dean, the voice of Arizona Stadium and McHale Center, had some trouble as well. So we had to record this three days later just because that's how the schedule shook out. But Shane, glad we have a chance. We've had a chance to kind of reminisce, and I shouldn't use that word, um, soak in the performance that Arizona put forth on Saturday night. If you were to grade it on a on a school level, A through F, how would you grade Arizona against Mississippi State? All right. Well, before we begin, I want to give a genuine uh, hello and welcome uh, to all the North Dakota State fans who are about to troll our YouTube comment section. Um, I guess it's nice to be worthy of being trolled again, which we've we've uh, we've actually already received some nice comments from our friends uh, in Fargo. But that's been the experience the last couple of weeks. So it's, I guess it's nice to play relevant football again. So hello and welcome uh, to answer your question. I somewhere in the C to D range, I guess a C all things considered, you know, I think we learned Saturday, Eric, the heartbreaking truth that Arizona is not going to win the PAC 12 and go to a Rose bowl this season. Okay. Uh, team's still very much a work in progress. You know, we got a glimpse of, I think what it can look like when it all comes together um, in their win against the San Diego and even the way they started uh, against Mississippi state. But I think this was a classic case of Mississippi state, you know, a team that was just more experienced, more poised with a much more seasoned quarterback. And in that light, the result was predictable. You know, you, you go back and you see all the chances that Arizona had to win this game. They lost by 22 points, but they legitimately had chances to win or at least go ahead at different points. They, you know, clean up a couple of mistakes. They're right there at the end. You know, it's easy to see how that this game could have gone very differently uh, a year from now, you know, a year ago, they would have lost by at least 40 points next year. Maybe they win it as it is in year two of the, one of the biggest rebuilds uh, in power five college football in recent memory the result was somewhere in between and, and yes, it was frustrating to watch, but it certainly wasn't uh, surprising in that context. So I, I guess I'd give them a C. Well, I would give them a C as well. That was the grade that I was going to think, cause they weren't bad uh, at the whole game. They weren't awful, but they weren't great either. I mean um, they had their chances and you and I'll talk about that. You bring up next year. Well, Arizona is going to get their chance to have revenge against Mississippi state because they will be down in uh, Stark Vegas right. or Starkville as they call it mm-hmm. uh, next September. Uh, I don't know if I'll be making the trip. Fortunately, that there were no cowbells that were allowed into Arizona Stadium on Saturday. I saw some outside, uh, but thank God we didn't have to hear that because it would have been annoying and it would have made me leave uh, much earlier than the 1140 when I walked out of Arizona Stadium, which, by the way, is tremendously stupid. But that's these eight o'clock games are absolutely horrendous. Well, tell, tell us about the the atmosphere, because I wasn't there, but a good turnout. I'm I, crowd looked like yeah. it was going crazy after Michael, Michael Wiley scored that touchdown. Oh, it, was, it, like it was, was going to be a good night. Yeah, it was one of the when he scored that first touchdown, it was a holy smokes moment. Like I would use another word for that. Um, hey, we've got something here. Maybe this team is actually for real. The stadium was rocking. I mean, it wasn't a sellout. I thought it was I thought it would be or close. It was yeah, close. They think he said it would said it would sell out. Obviously, it was, it didn't, what they say forty just under shy 40, of 47. Just 46, I think. Yeah, but a big improvement, and it just shows you. I think we've mentioned this a bunch of times, or at least I have, is that the Arizona football fans are, are very much like uh, Phoenix based, you know, Valley sports fans in general. You know, if you they'll they're not going to show up just to, to see a losing team, but if, if there's a pro, a chance of winning which, you know, after the San Diego State game, we thought there would be, uh, they'll show up in droves and they'll be loud. And that's how it's going to be from here on out. If Arizona win, if they put together some wins, I know Jet Fish thinks it should, be, it should be the other way around, but it's just not in Tucson. No. And the interesting thing is, Shane, and I know it's because of the game time, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. Arizona is the one place that I go where the fans literally in the second half, they're like, it's like half. I mean, there's mm. regardless of whether they're winning or losing. 
I may, and I assume that's probably because it's an eight o'clock game. You bring kids, they're not staying up till midnight, whatever. It's just disappointing. Like stay through the third quarter. With that said, there was still an okay crowded at that point. That new Zona Lights thing that they did, replacing the alma mater and the, you know the the don't stop believe. It's actually kind of cool. Like that was pretty. I like that. Um, it, it at least doesn't suck the air out of the stadium like it was last year. I mean, it was literally they would play that alma mater with the chorus, and it was like it would just suck the air. And then nobody could nobody knew this Kenny Chesney song, yeah, and it yeah. was it was dreadful. But they got rid this of that, thing, right? Yeah, they got so it was a don't stop believing, yeah. and uh, they put they put on these lights that you put up your hold up your phone, and mm-hmm. you know they play these. It's actually kind of cool. So okay. they did a nice job with the game day experience, and then of course our buddy Jeff Dean, who we'll speak to on the public address, pretty good. The intro, pretty good overall. Uh, I'll give it a B plus for the uh, for the environment at Arizona Stadium for the ambience, but yeah, for the ambiance, yes, yeah. Uh, all right, let's get right into it, Shane. It's by yourself, presented by oh. our friends at Ice Shaker. You have one Ice Shaker, I have the other. Uh, this week, uh, go to icesshaker.com. You can buy, I don't know if you can buy these that I'm holding up, but the ones that Shane has, uh, you can buy them. Just search Wildcat Country. You can get $5 off by using the promo code Wildcat Country, capital W, capital C. So, uh, number one, Shane, uh, Arizona's biggest weakness on Saturday night was its inability to run the ball effectively outside of the one Michael Wiley run on the first drive. I think that was 30 some yards of a 41 uh, 41 net rushing yards. I'll, I'll buy that. Absolutely. Yeah. They, they never got their running game going and Jed Fish stuck with it. You know, he's had balanced play calling the first two games, but the run game after Wiley's what 34 yard run, it just wasn't there. Um, DJ Williams had uh, 10 yards on seven carries. He had a great game against San Diego state. Um, I, you know, I will mention, uh, and this was not a running play, but I want to mention Jonah Coleman. He had the, mm-hmm. I would say the hustle play of the night on yes, that, inter- that interception because Arizona was driving. They were down eight points in the, was it, late third, early fourth quarter. Uh, it's a nice looking drive. And then Delora throws the pick. It looks like it's going for a touchdown the other way. And Jonah Coleman uh, tracks the guy down like D- like DK Metcalf did with Buda Baker a yeah. couple years ago, tracked him down and prevented a touchdown. And it gave Arizona defense a chance that the, the uh, uh, Washington, I want to call him Washington state because Mike Leach is their head coach, Mississippi state. It gave them a chance to, um, it gave them a chance to, to hold Mississippi Mississippi state scoreless. They scored on a fourth and goal, I believe. So, you know, that was tough, but uh, you see why Jonah Coleman's out there, but yeah, as far as the yeah. running game itself, as far as offense, it, it, it was rough. I, I think that the judge is playing the right guys. It will be interesting to see if he throws a couple other guys in the mix, you know, like, you know, Drake Anderson, Stevie rocker. He didn't see a lot of speedy Luke, by the way. He, I think no. he played like one or two plays. It was no. a little like disappointing. I'd like me. to see yeah. him get involved a little bit more, yeah. but um, I, I don't think it was, you know, because of the guys in there, I think it was more Mississippi state's defense winning the battle at the line of scrimmage and, and Arizona's offensive line, like we talked about was, was a bit of a liability in that regard. Yeah. I think, I think the offensive line was, was pretty bad. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, it wasn't that Jaden Delora was great because clearly he wasn't. Uh, he had a rough game. Just was making poor decisions, let's say, had had mm. open lanes to run on scramble plays and instead yeah. tried to make a hero throw. Usually um, it's the other way around. Usually college quarterbacks run first, run, too run fast. First, right. And it's, with him, it's the other way around. It's interesting. Yeah, it was very interesting. I just was disappointed. I really, you know, we saw the running game be so effective on the first drive. You know, it's funny on the Wiley touchdown, I was, you know, I'm watching with the people sitting next to him and they hand the ball off and it looks like he's getting stopped. I go, no, 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 no. He breaks, he breaks loose and runs to the house. He has really gotten a lot better this year. Really impressed with him. Uh, yeah. Wiley. I could see why the coaches liked him in camp. I just, uh, DJ Williams was seven carries, 10 yards. Yep. Just did nothing. It was, it was disappointing. And maybe that's on some of the, the, uh, the running backs too, that they just weren't finding holes, but that's where you play a guy like speedy Luke and get him out in the open. And, and they tried some kind of like wildcat type plays with Jamari Joyner. Yeah. Uh, concept was okay. It just, I didn't love it. Yeah. I, and I think it's also easy, Eric, for guys, especially this young to read into their own press a little bit. You know, you had the reigning yeah. offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week. They had a big week one win. They're going into their confidence sky high against Mississippi state, which is fine. But I, I think you can, you know, Jed Fish and the coaching staff, I'm sure, warn these guys, you know, don't take them lightly. You're, you're, I'm sure they didn't take them lightly. I just think that maybe some of these guys thought it was going to be like that every week. You know, yeah. you experience that yeah. that first week in San Diego State, and then you run into an SEC team that's bigger and, and more experienced and punches you in the mouth. And uh, if nothing else, it's a good wake-up call. Uh, number two, Shane, um, and I was going to use this as a bonus, but I'm just going to throw this in there. I thought Arizona played well enough to, to cover the spread. Um, 
They had three chances in the second half inside Mississippi State territory and came away with zero points inside like the 40 yard line all three times, uh, including when Noah Fafita came in at the end. And we'll get to that later on. Uh, buy or sell Arizona probably should have covered that 12 and a half point spread. You know, we like to we like to make picks at the end, but I'm still kind of bitter about this one. Well, yeah, they, they probably should have, you know, the 19 points or was it oh, 22 points rather. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to say they should have covered 12 and a half and they lost by, by 22. Uh, but three times inside the 40 yard line. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and in the and second half and got that, zero points. Zero. Just, you know, same, same problem they had last year. I don't think it was the same reasons as last year, but uh, no. yeah, it, it was a game that probably was a little bit closer than the score showed in terms of total yeah, yards, in terms of yeah. uh, takeaways, yeah, the, the defense overall, those first yeah. couple of drives were rough. But they gave Arizona, they gave the offense a chance to to win. They actually, you know, with the 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 fumble and the big return that led to a touchdown. You know, the couple sacks in the second half, they got after uh, after Will Rod, Will Rogers uh, a little bit, not as much as they should have. But the defense, I thought, especially against that kind of offense, did enough to give the the offense a, a chance to win. So you know, even going back to your grading system, I give the a defense. You know, they missed some tackles, but overall, can, all things considered, I give them a solid B. I would too. I think that's a great, that's a great point. We're agreeing way too much. Um, I'm no, sure in all serious, yeah, of course. Listen, I mean, Arizona played pretty good game defensively. And I think Mike Leach was frustrated. I mean, the Wildcats defense, you know, forced a couple of turnovers, which honestly we're not really used to because last year, I think they only had like what, six forced turnovers. Something was really bad. Yeah. And um, some, it just wasn't a lot. I, without looking at it offhand this year, they already have, I think at least four, uh, which is great. I mean, the defense is making plays. Just offensively, they just look lackadaisical. I mean, Jacob Cowing didn't play well. T-Mac was fine. T-Mac, seemingly, now I was driving home at when Noah Fafita came in, so I didn't see, hey, the game was over. They weren't going to cover the spread. I was like, I'm mm-hmm. out of here. It looked like T-Mac and Noah had a nice little thing going. Well, I, yeah, and that's not a surprise. They know each other no. well. And I, I, if, if Afita ends up being a starting quarterback at some point this season, you're probably going to see more of Keon Burnett for that reason, too. Um, yeah, he hasn't played. I haven't seen other. him at all. Yeah. I haven't seen yeah. him at all. Well, I mean, maybe not this year, but yeah. Uh, well, Tanner McLaughlin's been He's been good, pretty so, good. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, number three, Shane, buy or sell, Jaden Delora. I'll, I'll buy him. Look, Jaden Delora is who he is. You know, he's a young, confident guy with a ton of potential, and he's still got a lot to learn. Uh, you know, he got rattled by a veteran, more experienced defense, tried to do too much himself, especially in the first half. Uh, he's probably the kind of guy, like I said, who reads into his own press, maybe a little too much and thinks he's yeah. arrived. And, and um, you know, I'm sure he reveled in being the Pac-12 offensive player of the week. As long as he's not too stubborn, truly listens to the instruction from Coach Fish and others, I think he'll be fine. You know, I don't I didn't see anything in that game that's not correctable. You know, it, I would rather a guy fail for decision-making reasons rather than he just doesn't have the talent like with Arizona's number of quarterbacks last year, not the case with him. I, I think he'll be okay. As long as he's open to instruction, to working on things, not thinking he, he, he knows it all. And I think he's smarter than that. So I, I, I think this will be a good learning experience for him so long as he chooses to view it that way. I'm going to go a hold here. I know this is buy or sell, but I'm going hold. I'm not willing to, you know, trash uh, Jaden Deloria. It, it wasn't his best game. wasn't probably the worst he's ever played in his college career. It just made you think, you know, you saw Noah come in at the end of the game. I know it was garbage time. And you're like, hmm, this, this guy, this kid can sling it. He's confident. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say this. If Jaden plays a few more games against teams that Arizona should be coming up in the next few weeks, the next three games especially, and he doesn't play great, I think Noah probably deserves more of a look. I, I mean, I think it's going to take a lot for okay. Delora to be benched right. this season. And probably, yeah, and uh, and it, probably an injury, which you know, I hope knock on wood doesn't happen. But I, I think that's what it would take unless he's just dreadful and he gets worse. I don't think Fair. he's going to be replaced. Let me say this though. With, I, I know that, you know, I'm being very reactionary based on what we saw on Saturday with that said, Jaden Delora, no offense to Gunnar Cruz or Will Plummer is light years better than what Arizona had last year. Infinitely. Like, yes. And, and, and no offense to Jordan McLeod, but he's a lot better than Jordan McLeod too. I well, I, I well, yeah, maybe I, I, think what I, saw, be, I think he's better. I don't know if I would if I, I I think Jordan McLeod was better than the other two guys you mentioned. Well, I, well he was, yeah. but I also think Jane Delora is a different level. And by the way, this Arizona team in person in the two games that I've seen them is at a different level than I've seen them in the last few years. Sure, they just yeah. they they look a lot more talented and a lot more confident. So. We're going to find out what happens starting this Saturday. 
Number four, Shane, scheduling North Dakota State, in my opinion, has to be one of the dumbest decisions in football scheduling history without knowing much of Arizona's history prior to the 90s. This makes no sense whatsoever. Why would you schedule a team this good when you're looking for a gimme victory? Well, I don't know they're necessarily looking for a gimme victory when they schedule this. You should. With your third game at home, you're looking to sell a few tickets and get the hell out with a win. I will say that this would have been a nice year to have one of those games. You know, like schedule NAU this year. I think they would have won by 30 some odd points or or, or more. Uh, It would have been nice to have that just to get for a lot of young guys to get their feet wet. With that said, I know a lot of people think it was dumb. I don't mind it. I think most college football fans are educated, know North Dakota State, even though they are in the FCS. They're legitimately good. If they, you put them in the Pac-12 tomorrow, they're probably in the middle at, at mm-hmm. least. So I don't mind it. I really don't. I, I don't, you know, if the, if the narrative, of, oh, Arizona's going to lose at home to an FCS team, you know, it, it's, there's North Dakota State and there's everyone else. So and, and that from that perspective, I, I don't know if it's a game I would have scheduled, but I don't necessarily mind it either. I hate it. Uh, I'm 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 buying the crap out of this one. It, this is this is so bad. It, it makes no sense to schedule North Dakota. There's there's no, and, and we're going to talk about this with Jeff later. As far as I'm concerned, you beat North Dakota State. The casual Arizona fan, which you figure the majority of the people in the stadium are casual fans, right? They go, "Who is this team?" They don't know North Dakota State from NAU. And the fans go, are, and the fans around the stadium will educate the other ones who don't know. Uh, will they? I, think I will. So. I mean, I think so. This is a game that for the casual Arizona fan, they're like, oh, why would you schedule that? You must win. So if Arizona were to lose on Saturday, it just depresses the fan base that much more. If you play Oklahoma State and lose, okay, you're like, all if right. It's a clo- well, if it's a blowout, I would say I would agree with you. It, I, if it's a close but, game, I don't I don't necessarily. But, but, but some fans, Shane, are going to equate uh, equate an Arizona loss on Saturday if that were to happen to what happened against NAU last year. Now, you well, and I know, know it's not the same. They, they should, but they don't. Yeah. There, there's the top 15, 20% of us that, that follow Arizona sports. Those people listening I, to the show, giving they more get fans it. more credit than that. I think more fans know, have heard of North Dakota State and know that, you know, guys, you know, Carson Wentz and Trey Lance and, and others have come from there. So, Shane, most fans are blind in general. And I, and I don't mean that literally. I mean that as far as their, their rooting loyalty, they don't. They just want to see wins and losses, and they they stack it up. You know, they, they hear USC. USC could be four and eight. They go, oh my god, it's USC. Yeah. Oh I, UCLA. There is some. I I understand where you're coming from, but majority, at least we're disagreeing now, right? But yes. I I just don't think it's that it's as large a percentage as you think it is. I, I I hope not. And I will just say that every person that is listening to this podcast right now is not one of those people that I'm referring to. So thank you for listening to Wildcat Country. It's nice and you're Nice save. You're No, but it's true. They're a lot more educated because they're okay. listening to us sure. and they're able to formulate their own opinions. They know that this is not an easy game for Arizona. Okay, okay? fair enough. Uh, number five, Shane, Arizona must beat the Bison in order to have a, any prayer of six wins in a bowl game this season by yourself. I'll, I'll buy that. I think they need to win it to get the six. You know, I know it's early in the year and usually I'm not, that like to use your word as that reactionary, but you know, looking at the schedule and what we already know about the 2022 Arizona Wildcats, a path to a four and five conference record seems a lot less daunting than a path to a five and four conference record. You know, we already broke down their schedule, but you know, you look at games against Cal and Colorado, maybe ASU, who knows? Uh, and then maybe there's a win in there during that brutal five game stretch we talked about. Um, in that context, if you're hoping for nothing. Nothing more than the lowest of all low-level bowl games, which would be huge for this program, considering where it's been. I do think they have to beat North Dakota State on Saturday. Well, I think, uh, number one, I think I made too many buy questions. So uh, that's that's on me. I think everything's buy, 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 buy. But I'm going to buy this with a caveat, Shane. Not only is this game important, I think Cal and Colorado are as well. I think the next three games, Arizona must be 4-1 and one for us to be talking about seriously about a bowl game. Maybe. If they're three and two, we can have casual conversations, but I think you got to win the next three games. And then we can seriously, we can start saying, hmm, Shane, do you want to go to the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl in LA? Or, you know, we, we, we can start plotting it out, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, I think that's I can you... see an easier path. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Coming up next, let's talk to our buddy Jeff Dean, get his reaction uh, on Mississippi State and find out his thoughts on North Dakota State 
are they the is this the dumbest scheduling decision ever for Arizona football? You'll find out here on Wildcat Country. Scooby, we sent you an ice shaker. Um, they are a sponsor, uh, courtesy of our buddy Chris Gronkowski. Uh, you have it Bro, right there. I love my ice shaker. Fun fact: when I was I trained with Glenn Gronkowski, everybody when we were trained together, people thought I was I was the other Gronk brother. So it was kind of funny. But yes, I love my ice shaker. It is very good. I use it every day. I am a I am a veteran to the ice shaker game, by the way. What's up, Wildcat Country? Chris Gronkowski here. Use coupon code Wildcat Country at IceShaker.com. Always glad to welcome back our friend, the voice of Arizona Stadium and McHale Center, Jeff Dean, who also was the uh, originator of this podcast slash show way back in the day, I think, what, almost five years ago. So, Jeff, we haven't had you on in a long time. So, first of all, glad to have you back. Secondly, uh, quite the atmosphere in Arizona Stadium on Saturday night. It's actually kind of fun there for two and a half, three quarters, right? Man, it was electric. Uh, I, I got to be honest. I mean, I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen the student section that full, even I mean, I, I'm trying to think back to when I was, a, when I, before I was PA, you know, cause I've been season ticket holder for 16 years now. And I, I mean, other than like the big Oregon game or the game we yep. had against ranked teams, you know, USC or, you know, obviously the territorial cup games, I've never seen a student section, the Zona Zoo that full before that early. I mean, there were, there were 9,000 students there half an hour before kickoff and they were still lining up to come in. So it was a great atmosphere, you know, Jed, Fish talked about it, how great the atmosphere was and how much he appreciated the fans for showing up. Uh, and I thought it was great considering, you know, I mean, it wasn't the worst weather in the world, but it was hot and it was humid. So. Uh, Jeff, th- like Eric said, thanks again for joining us. Um, we were going to chat Sunday night and then the, the hurricane that ripped through Phoenix kind of changed everything, but we, we appreciate it. Uh, so Mississippi state game. Uh, and I guess as tight a nutshell as you can cram it, you know, make a couple of things you liked. And then obviously, you know, a couple of things we all didn't like, but what, what were your big takeaways from your vantage point? I think it's pretty obvious. This team has got a very solid pass defense. We knew that coming in. Um, we knew that, that with the two Christians, Christian Ronald Wallace and Christian young, uh, that we we're going to have two of the best DBs in the entire conference this year, maybe the best corner in the conference this year. Um, so we knew that that was, that was going to be a strength of this team coming in. Um, I was, it was, it's good to see that, uh, you know, that they were up to the challenge. I, you know, zero didn't even get challenged in the first game, uh, against San Diego state. They didn't even throw at him. They threw it at one time and it was a ball that was seven yards over his head. So it was good to see Will Rogers, you know, who's a, a potential Heisman candidate, you know, this year for college football, um, to see him challenge zero. And, you know, he really only got beat once, I think on the six targets that were thrown at him. So, uh, you know, that was good to see. And, and also, you know, this team, and again, Mississippi State's not a team that's going to be, get, you know, get big chunks of yards because of the way that they run their offense. But again, you know, this team has only given up one big play all year, one play of 20 yards or more, and it was a 20-yard play in that game. So, uh, you know, it's good to see that the team has not given up big plays because last year it was just, you know, 65, 70 yards, 70 yards, 60 yards. It was just, you know, it was nonstop. Uh, so those are good things to see. You know, the two things that, that I wanted to see them do better that I thought were crucial to win the game against Mississippi State were tackling. I thought the tackling was very poor on the back end. Um, the receivers were able to break multiple tackles. Running backs able to break tackles. And you could just really see the difference between SEC recruiting and the first-year Pac-12 recruiting class. Uh, they were just bigger, faster, stronger than our boys were. You, you think that the Mississippi State's went ahead – more to do with just the talent level or the experience? Because my, my thought is, you know, Arizona's probably the middle of the pack now in terms of just overall talent. I think they improve that much. Experience, I think they're at the very bottom. Do you think that that, that youth and inexperience is, is maybe the main reason that they, uh, and they came up short? Yeah, I absolutely think that's the reason why. You know, you're talking about a school that's been recruiting in the SEC. They started, I think, of the 22 starters, 16 of them were fourth or fifth-year seniors. Meanwhile, Arizona has 50 brand new players on this program. So that was, I mean, that stood out in droves. Um, Not so much the size and the athleticism, things like that. I mean, those things are going to develop as Arizona's players get older. But, you know, the experience level and the age level, just, you know, quite frankly, between the two teams was the main difference in that game, in my opinion. Well, what about the rushing attack, though, Jeff? I mean, Arizona, outside of Michael Wiley's run and the first, you know, possession of the game, did absolutely nothing on the ground. I mean, DJ Williams... Uh, was great against San Diego State and had what seven carries for ten yards. Yeah, I, I think Shane's concern about the offensive line 
finally came to fruition? Do you think that's a one week, hey, we're playing an SEC team? Or is this something that, uh oh, Arizona's going to have trouble running the ball all season based on what we saw on Saturday night? I think, I mean, obviously they're going to improve if the season goes on. I think it was kind of a bad opponent at the bad time. You got a really, you know, a large and experienced and fast and physical opponent early on in the season. And I think that was that was the main difference in the Arizona's running game. This one, you know, one of the things that I noticed when I went back and I watched uh, when I watched the game, I, I tried to watch as much as I could on Sunday um, while I was kind of watching some NFL as well. It, it's just literally I mean, there was a lot of lack of focus just on a, yeah. on a, on a whole team level uh, from the quarterback to the tailbacks, to the offensive line, to the defensive side, to the wide receiver. I mean, there was, you know, to the coaching staff. I mean, the sideline had some had some uh, mental mistakes as well. And one of the things that I noticed about the offensive line is there were just a lot of missed assignments. There were, um, you know, on a, on a trap play for, you know, for instance, you never, ever let the nose tackle run free. I mean, you have to smack that guy in the face and Arizona ran two trap plays in that game hmm. where they just completely neglected to block the nose tackle. I mean, just oh. ran right past him and he ended up making the tackle. So, I mean, those are just, those are just mental and focus errors that, that they will clean up. I guarantee it. You know, one thing we haven't talked about yet is Jaden Delora. It was a very weird game that he played. He had so many opportunities, in my opinion, to run. I mean, there was so much, you know, open field in front of him. And instead, he tried to make these heroic throws. Did, did his performance concern you at all? Or did you look at it just kind of as, as a just not his best night we move along? I, I mean, obviously not his best night. And, you know, Jed Fish, did a, you know, did a great coaching job of you know, in the press conference saying that's on me. You know, that's my fault. My concern is that when there's 47,000 people in the stadium screaming at you because the most obvious thing for you to do is run and what you do is throw the ball into triple coverage. I mean, that's that's a problem. Um, and that's something that has to be discussed between Jed, the offensive staff and Jaden himself, because you can't have the entire world knowing that what's the obvious choice there is to run for eight or nine yards, give yourself a shot at a fourth and one or a fourth and two, as opposed to throwing a 30 yard deep ball into triple coverage off your back foot. I mean, it's just, you know, those are just little mental errors. And, and these are the things that I talked about when we found out that, that JDL was coming to Arizona. I remember watching him at Washington state and I said, he's, he's a, he's iffy at best decision maker. And again, he's a freshman, um, you know, last year, and you would expect some of those things to, to improve obviously in his sophomore season. And I think it will, I think it was just a situation where he knew that the running game wasn't going. He knew that there were some mistakes. They knew that they need to make some big plays against a team who's just playing cloud coverage. So when you have a chance to go over the top against a team who's just playing zone umbrella type, uh, the way that, that Mississippi state does to try to take your shots, it just, it was just a bad, bad decision. It was again, lack of focus, I think from a whole team level. And, and that's, that's on the coaching staff, to be honest with you. So we got North Dakota state coming in Jeff this Saturday, they've won six straight games against uh, FBS opponents. Although their last game I think was in 2016. So it's been a while. They have a new head coach since then. Uh, your overall thoughts on North Dakota state. They, they've started off as well as you'd expect. I think they have respect nationally, even though they are an FCS team, but what's the scouting report on them? You know, it, it's, it's interesting when you, when you talk about a, a program like North Dakota state, I mean, when I was coming out of high school, um, the program that I wanted to go play for was Appalachian State because in, at that time in the mid '90s they were competing for championships at the Division One AA level at the time, and I wanted to go play for a championship caliber team. It didn't matter, uh, you know, who they played or whatever. You're going to get their best shot every single time they went out, and they were going to compete for championships. And North Dakota State has won nine of the last ten national championships at the FCS level. They are the Alabama of the FCS. They just know how to win. They have a culture of winning there. They have a culture of winning championships. They have a culture of winning big games. They know exactly what they're doing. They, you know, one of the things that they do so well is that they, they have their identity figured out bef well before they step onto the field. And that's such an important thing for a group of 22 players trying to tug the rope in the same direction is to have your identity figured out. So it's going to be a real challenge for, for Arizona this weekend because, you know, what you're going to get in North Dakota State is a team that, you know, they're not going to throw the football a whole lot. I think they've thrown the ball 28 times all year um, in their first two games. But I believe 11 different players have carried the football for them uh, this season. So that's going to be a test. You know, you know, where's it coming from? You know, they, they run kind of that wishbone style. They run sometimes a double fullback, fullback, H-back type offense. 
that's tough to deal with. There's a lot of blockers, you know, there's a lot of hat on hat kind of football. So it's going to be up to solo tackling. So, you know, guys like Jerry Roberts, guys like Colby Cage got to step up into those gaps and make single, you know, single solo tackles to be able to make things happen for the Arizona defense. Otherwise it's going to be a long day of the defense out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all agree on that. Uh, a lot of people, including my co-host, who I've seen shaking his head when he's ta- when you're talking about North Dakota State, think it was not wise to schedule this game in the first place for Arizona. There's not much value in it. I don't necessarily agree, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think it's always good to bring in a championship caliber program, whether they be an FCS program, whether they be, a, you know, what you would consider a mid-major school that's won their, their, their conference the last seven or eight years or something like that or whether you bring in a, you know, a major power school. I mean, I, I think you get more value playing at the point where Arizona is right now, you get more value playing in North Dakota state than you would get playing at Georgia. Um, you know, you play Georgia, you get beat 49, nothing. What do you learn from that? Yeah. You go and play in North Dakota state, a team that's going to, you know, come in here to try to shock the world. They're not going to bring the biggest, baddest, fastest boys on the planet, but they're going to bring a, you know, a winning attitude. And, and when you play against that, you learn things. Um, about that. You say, God, these guys were small. It's like, it's like, I mean, I hate going back to high school, but you know, I played, you know, I played at, at a, at a, at a power here in the East Valley. Um, we were bigger, faster, stronger than most teams we played against, but the only team that we ever lost to was Mountain View. And they were always smaller than us, but they were always a hell of a lot more disciplined than us. And they were always competing for high school and state championships. And we couldn't figure out why they were beating us. They just had a better winning attitude than we did. And sometimes it's better to get a learning experience in that aspect than just to go out there and play the champion, the world champion, and get your butt whipped. So now I'm um, with you there. I like it. Yeah, all right. So I'm with you there. That that makes sense. At the same time, though, look at this from an from a fan's perspective. You beat North Dakota State. Most casual fans are going to go, okay. You beat it. You beat who? Who's his team? If you lose to them, they're thinking the sky is follow is falling. To you and I and Shane, who understand football and how good North Dakota State is, okay, this is probably better than at least half of. Uh, division uh, FBS opponents, right? But as far as I'm concerned, if you're looking for a gimme win, a team that you're paying to come to campus, you should at least get a W and, and use this as a as a stepping stone into Pac-12 play. I don't view this game as that. This game is way too difficult for just a, a stepping stone game. Well, that's why it's up to us, you know, and you guys to spread the word, spread the spread the word from the media and the, and the experts out there to let the fans know, the, you know, the casual fans know that this isn't some slouch. I mean, North Dakota State sounds like a whole bunch of nowhere, but uh, you know these guys—they're uh, champions. One nine of the last ten, nine of the last ten, and there's a reason why they haven't played uh, an FBS school in six years because nobody wants to schedule them because nobody no. wants to get beat by North Dakota State. So I applaud Arizona for you know for for you know for scheduling the game. Now it's on us to spread the word just how good of a program they are, but it's on Jed and the boys to go out there and get a W and and represent the Pac-12 and repre- represent as a power FBS program. So, all right. So if you were the athletic director, or you were in charge of football scheduling a few years ago, knowing North Dakota State's level of success, would you rather schedule this game or a lower level team from a Conference USA, Sunbelt, AAC type of conference if you're paying them the same amount of money to come in? North Dakota State or, you know, uh, Louisiana or somebody like Louisiana Monroe or somebody like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, here's the thing. I, I guess, you know, you mentioned the Sun Belt, who got three big victories over the weekend when they went into, you know, Marshall went to Notre Dame and, and, and won, and App State went to Texas A&M and won. You know, there were, you know, the Sun Belt was winning games, but, you know, here's the thing, you know, those players in the, in the Sun Belt and, the, you know, those programs, they're not going to win any kind of a championship, to, so to speak. I mean, they, win, they may win their conference, but what's the value of losing to a Louisiana Monroe or a Marshall as opposed to getting a, a team who has the reputation of being the cream of the crop. I mean, you know, I, I have some friends actually that went to North Dakota, North Dakota State, and they were saying, you know, it's that the fans, they have a hard time getting fans at the game because they know it's going to be a 44 to nothing blowout no matter who they play. I mean, I wish we had that luxury. I know, right? <laughs> wish right? we had that problem. So I think that the value of scheduling a championship caliber program, regardless of their level, is better than just paying some team to show up for a W. Jeff, uh, I think the maybe the big goal for from a lot of fans' perspective this year is maybe 
could this team get to a bowl game in year two? And I know that that's a lot to ask after a one-win season last year, but you know, there's certainly a path there, at least after beating San Diego State. Through two games, are you more confident or less confident than you were before the season that they have a path to getting possibly to six wins and getting to a bowl game? Well, you know, honestly, I think we're right. We're exactly where I thought we would be. I thought we would beat San Diego State, and I thought we would lose and lose to Mississippi State. I mean, that's just, okay. you know, that's just me being honest, uh, you know, knowing – you know, exactly what was in front of us. As far as North Dakota State, I honestly have no idea. Like, this is this is the big question mark of the season. I, I think I have a pretty good peg on what the rest of the Pac-12 schedule is going to bring to us. I think we're going to get a W against Cal. We're going to get a W against Colorado. We're going to get dubs against those teams. You know, how do we how do we win these swing games, you know, these unknowns, like the North Dakota States, you know, a game against UCLA? Who, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you know whether we, whether we beat UCLA or not? You know, those kinds of things. So, um, it, we're right where I thought we would be. I still don't know if this is a, a six win caliber team, but based on, you know, based on what we see this Saturday, because you know, you always want to see how you improve from first game to second game. Obviously that wasn't improvement. It was a regression. Yeah. So how do we improve from second game to third game after seeing all the mistakes that were made in the second game? Because honestly, when you look back now, the first game kind of looks easy to you, right? I mean, it looks like, that was just an easy win for them. They, I mean, they coasted in that game, really. Mm-hmm. So it, it's how they fight back after some adversity. And I think you're going to see that on Saturday. All right. My last question for you. Uh, and just because I got you here, we're going to, I know we're going to talk hoops as uh, more as the season comes around, but I don't think we've talked to you since Arizona kind of finalized its roster for this upcoming season with all their, its uh, transfers and, uh, re- and a reclassification. Uh, your overall thoughts on, on the men's basketball team going into the, into the season, can they be, maybe not as good as last season, but, but is it possible for Tommy Lloyd to do it again with this group? I think what we saw last year was the realization of, of what the kind of talent that Sean Miller had brought in. um, And that talent all kind of came together at once. And I think a lot of people were underselling that talent. Everybody, I think, except for me, who I thought they were a top 10 team from the get go um, that, that, you know, kind of undersold that team. I don't, I didn't, expect them to be as good as they were because they just dominated everybody they played. Um, this year, I think it's going to be a different experience for Wildcat fans and, and for basketball fans. You know, they're, first of all, it's a tough schedule. It's a, re- it's a, it's a much more difficult schedule this yep. year. Yep. Um, and, and second of all, you know, they've got to look at what Tommy Lloyd can do with an Arizona program. So you're going to see a, a different look. I mean, you know, there's obviously all the different Euro players and stuff on this team. So that's going to give them a different look. They're all, they're all very skilled and we know that Euro players at a young age in the, in the, at the collegiate level can be a bit of a roller coaster at times. You know, sometimes they're, you know, high highs and they have sometimes really low lows. Uh, it's all going to come down to the point guard position, honestly, uh, the point guard position. And if, if we can, you know, if we can keep Umar Balo out of, uh, out of foul trouble and keep him, you know, keep him healthy and keep him on the, on the court. I mean, you know, those are going to be the two biggest, biggest things for, for my, for me in getting consistency out of this team this year. All right, so two questions, and, and as always, Shane, and I thank you for coming on with us. Number one, I asked Shane this question the other week, so I'm going to ask it to you. By the end of November, Arizona will have played seven men's basketball games. Who will have more wins, the football team or the men's basketball team? Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the, the basketball team losing more than one game, so that would put them at six and one at worst, 7-0 and at best. And I just said that I don't think that this is quite yet a six-win caliber team. So I'm going to say going to December that the men's basketball team will have one more win than the football team. Okay, that's a, that's a, fair, that's a fair answer. Number two, what is the ceiling for this year's men's basketball team? I know we have a ways to go before, you know, things start, the red-blue game coming up here at the end of the month. What is the ceiling? How good is this team? How good can they be? Man, you know, I mean, the, you know, the thing is, you know, it's, it's so different for me because, you know, over the last 15, 16 years, I've been able to watch a lot of their recruits play high school basketball. And I know what they're getting. You know, I watched Dale and Terry when he was 14 years old playing AAU up here. Um, I don't know much about the guys that are that are coming in, to be honest with you. I, I haven't seen a lot of them. So that's a really, really difficult, really, really difficult prediction for me to make. Um, I mean, you know, just let's just go ahead and, and, and make it the Sistine Chapel. Let, let's paint the ceiling as a national championship and see what happens. Because, 
you know, you just never know who's going to make that final four, who's going to win six in a row once you get into the dance and, and, and you know, and win that championship and cut down the net. So you never know which team it's going to be. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't be a Jeff Dean appearance on Wildcat Country without extreme optimism about one or both sports. So we always uh, appreciate having you on. It's been too long, and we look forward to doing it again soon. My pleasure, fellas. Anytime. Hope to uh, see you guys soon at the game, and I hope to see all the fans down there on Saturday night screaming loud for their uh, for their Wildcat team. And uh, don't don't take the Bison Bison with a Z. Uh, don't take the Bison lightly. They are a tough football team, and uh, so come on down and enjoy it. Thanks to our friend Jeff Dean for joining us. Always great insight from him. Shane, I'm really excited because last week in our picks, uh, I went 7-2-2 two and two against the spread. Yeah. And you went 3-6-2 and two against the spread. A lot, of so overtime, have, a lot of overtime games that went against me last week. Yes, they, they did. They did. Uh, I now have a one-game advantage on, on you. I'm 10-10. and 10, You are 9-11. and 11. But we are both uh, one and one straight up and one and one uh, against the spread uh, when it comes to Arizona games. So we have an 11 game slate to pick. Uh, we will go through these fairly quickly. Oklahoma is giving 13 and a half at the Scott Frost, Scott Frostless Nebraska. Who you got? Yeah, part of me thinks Nebraska comes out inspired the same way Arizona did um, against UCLA after Mike Stoops got fired. But I just I, I can't roll with Nebraska right now. I'll take the Sooners. Good pick. Uh, I'm going with Oklahoma as well. I Listen, I could see Nebraska made this a game last year, but I just think this team has already, has already given up. And I think Oklahoma, this is a statement game for them. And Brent Venables, I think they win by at least two touchdowns. This one seems easy. Okay, Cal, who plays Arizona next week. This is an interesting game for them. At Notre Dame, who's 0-2, does Marcus Freeman get his first win as an 11.5-point favorite? Yeah, I think so. And Cal let me down last week because I thought they would cover against UNLV and and, they, and Cal's just not not good. So, you know, Notre Dame has to look better than they did against Marshall. They're going to come out a little PO'd, I think. I'll, I'll take Notre Dame. And you're taking the 11 and a half points yep. as well? Yep. Okay. Uh, I am as well. I think I don't think Cal's that great. I think I see a two-touchdown spread here. This is where Notre Dame has to play better, Shane. They they have to, to show up. They've had, you know, the Marshall loss was inexcusable. You lose to Cal. Marcus Freeman may not make it past his first season. They'll, they'll be Cal. Just a matter of whether they cover the spread. And I, I think they will. Oregon is only a three and a half point favorite against BYU. Now I understand uh, the Cougs beat Baylor last week in overtime. Uh, did not cover the spread, but the a win's a win. Uh, or actually, you know what? I I miscounted our records. I gave BYU a win, but they did not. I, I no, they did. They did cover in overtime. I'm sorry. Okay, they did cover. They won by six. Um, okay, yeah. so forget that. So mm -hmm. BYU won, wins by six in overtime. Uh, they're 2-0. and oh, They're ranked. Oregon is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I feel like this is light. I'm taking Oregon with the points. I think they win by a touchdown after all that mix-up. What do you got? Well, we are continuing to agree so far. I'll go with the Ducks. I still don't buy BYU is that good a team. Maybe I'm just being stubborn. Um, and they're going to be playing in Eugene. I think Oregon wins this game by at least a touchdown. I actually think BYU is really good, Shane, and I think they are um, a prime New Year's Six contender. I just don't think this is a good spot for them after an emotional Baylor game. So uh, I'll take uh, Oregon as well by a touchdown. Interesting game here. Penn State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at a kind of a disappointing Auburn, game, uh, Auburn team. Auburn's undefeated, but they just don't seem to have a lot of talent. Auburn lost last year. Uh, it's a three-and-a-half-point dog. I like him to win the game outright, just not sold on Penn State. Do you agree or disagree? I agree with you as well. I just, it just seems counterintuitive to take a non-SEC team on the road against an SEC school. You know, Penn State has had a week off before this one, but I think Auburn covers at home. Mississippi State, who, who we saw last week, is a two-and-a-half-point favorite at LSU. It's never easy to win, uh, you know, on the Bayou. Uh, Brian Kelly you know, I think is his second true home game, first SEC game. Uh, I like Mississippi State, Shane. I think this team is for real. I was not sure what they were going into last week. Having seen them in person, I'm sold. I like Mississippi State to win and cover here. Same again. Yeah, I think Mississippi State, you know, even though they're not ranked uh, in the top 25, um, I, th I think they are that good. Um, and LSU, I've had two weeks to stew over that loss to Florida State, but but I, I think I, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I, I, I like take them in the points. Washington is is two and zero and looks to be uh, reborn with Coach Kalen DeBoer coming in there and Michael Penix Jr., the former Indiana quarterback. Michigan State is ranked in the teens and they are a three and a half point underdog 
in Seattle this Saturday night, the ABC primetime game. Who you got? Yeah, neither team's been tested yet. Um, I think Michigan State was one of the big winners of the transfer portal, especially on defense. Um, I think they're going to find a way to win this one on the road. And cover. Really? You like you like Michigan State? Well, well Washington's, Washington's favorite, so they'll cover either way. But yeah, I like Michigan State outright. I think Washington wins by a touchdown. I, I just not sold on Michigan State. I'm not sold in the Big Ten, Shane. I mean, look at Wisconsin last week. And we'll, we'll talk about that after the pick segment. But, I mean, Wisconsin at home against Washington State and you lose outright? I, outside of Ohio State, I just don't – and Michigan. I don't think the conference is that great. I think Michigan State's about to get exposed. They don't do terribly well, by the way, uh, coming west of the Mississippi. I don't think they've won a true uh, – I don't think – yeah, they haven't won a true regular season game in Pac-12 territory since, like, the fifties or sixties. Can't remember right? the year. Okay. Yeah. I put it in my sports line column. I did the homework on it. Um, so you can check that out. Go to sportsline.com. Good check out my college football picks. There you go. Yeah. College football picks column. Uh, I like Washington on the money line in that column. I like Washington with the points uh, for the purposes of you and I. Okay. I'm big on NC state this year, Shane. I think they're, they're pretty good. Texas tech. Uh, I, I was, I faded them um, last, last week against uh, Houston, and they won the game outright in overtime, or double overtime, which was really disappointing. Uh, NC State's giving 10.5. Who you got? Yeah, another game I got wrong thanks to overtime didn't go my way. But uh, you know what? I picked against Tech last week. I'm going to go with them this week. You know, They surprised me without their starting quarterback against uh, Houston. So, you know, And I think NC State struggled to get – they struggled to get past East Carolina, so I think Texas Tech covers. Well, we pushed last week because Texas Tech was a three-point favorite against Houston. I like Texas Tech with the points here. I think they cover, but NC State, you know, my fondness for them, uh, that game against East Carolina where they won by one in week one was pretty ugly. But going with Texas Tech here uh, with the points, I think NC State wins by a touchdown or so. So we agree in all but one thus far. All right, Miami goes to Texas A&M, who had an inexcusable loss to Appalachian State last week at home. Just mind-blowing. A&M's still a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, are you taking the Aggies to bounce back? Yeah, I think they'll bounce back in this one. You know, they laid a complete egg against App State, but I can't see them doing that two weeks in a row. Miami's beaten up on a couple of nobody so far, but I think A&M gets the win and covers. Shane, my parents went to Miami. Um, I want to believe that the U is back. And you know what? I'm just not buying A&M. I don't, I don't know that maybe Miami's going to win this game. Sure, I'll pick them outright but they're definitely going to cover the spread. I'll I'll take Miami plus five and a half here. I think A&M is demoralized. I I was a lot higher on them before the season. They, they don't have an offense and Jimbo Fisher never has a good quarterback as who's not named Jameis Winston. So um, not, not impressive for A&M. I'm taking Miami. San Diego state who we saw in week one is going to Utah. Uh, Utah is favored by almost three touchdowns. It's 20 and a half is where we'll give the line here. Uh, I'm not impressed. You know, you, you tweeted out, uh, a couple weeks ago that you didn't think San Diego State was very good. I know they killed Idaho State last week, but I actually agree with you, Shane. I, I don't think they're they're that good. Utah wins by three touchdowns or more in covers. How about you? Yeah, this line, this kind of line is tricky because I think it'll be an easy win for Utah, but you know, San Diego State scores a couple times in the fourth quarter, garbage time, they could end up covering. But I'm still going to go with the Utes to cover at home. I just don't think, like I said, I don't think San Diego State's very good this year. So... um yeah, the one thing about this game last year, San Diego State beat them by two in triple overtime. I think Utah wants revenge. The other interesting game here, it might be the most interesting on this slate here. Fresno State, who cost me last week, it was almost a great pick until the last play of the game when Oregon State ran it in. They're a 12 and a half point underdog at USC. This is a weird line to me because USC is blowing everybody out. And I know the game against Stanford was only a 13 points difference. The game was not as close as, as the final score indicated. I think 12 and a half is light here. Shane, I think USC wins by three touchdowns against a good Fresno state team. What do you got? Yeah. For better or worse, I'm buying into the USC hype, uh, which includes what Mark may told us a couple of weeks ago about them possibly being a uh, college football playoff team. I think it's a close game for two, maybe three quarters, but I think USC wins by at least a couple touchdowns. All right. Before we make our pick on Arizona, North Dakota state, um, quick buy or sell uh, USC college football playoff team. As you just discussed, Mark may said it to us. Are you buying? very serious college football playoff team or selling that notion? I'll buy that they're serious until I see otherwise. I, I, I haven't seen anything to suggest that they wouldn't be and that they were overranked to start the season. Um, certainly they beat, they beat up on Fresno state. I'll, I'll continue to buy it. I'm going to buy it as well. I think they're one of the top five teams that I have watched this year. They are uber impressive and Lincoln Riley knows how to coach. 
Uh, one other buy or sell here, quick, Shane, before we go to our, our final pick, and we're not doing ASU Eastern Michigan. Sorry, but I'm not picking anything involving the MAC uh, in this column unless the team is really good and Eastern Michigan is not. Uh, buy or sell, Colorado is, the, is by far, Shane, the worst team in the Pac-12. I'll sell by far. I think Cal is close. I, I think they're actually pretty neck and neck for the worst team in the conference. Really? Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to buy it. I think Colorado really is bad. There's a reason that Minnesota is like a 26 and a half point favorite mm-hmm. at home against Colorado. Uh, if Arizona doesn't win that game, uh, we're talking Jed fish hot seat. Uh, I'm, no, I'm no, no, no. Okay. Good. I'm kidding. Good. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Finally, uh, we're going to go to the game that we all care about here on this podcast. If you fast forwarded now, here it is. Uh, North Dakota State at Arizona. Now, Shane, they do not have a spread for this game because it's an FCS opponent against an FBS opponent. But uh, the spread that I had heard is is North Dakota State minus one. We'll find out on Friday or Saturday what that is. But for the purposes of this particular uh, podcast, we're going to pick it straight up. Uh, I'll let you make the pick first. North Dakota State at Arizona. Who wins? And give me a score range. Yeah. Well, first of all, the fact that, that North Dakota State's won their last six uh, FBS games means nothing because the last one was in 2016. They had a different head coach. They're, that head coach is now at K State, so doesn't matter. But they're all they're still very good. They're always very good. They might be especially good this year, at least on offense. You know, they're outstanding on the offensive line. They got a ton of experience and depth there. Uh, their quarterback Cam Miller it doesn't. You know, they don't throw much, like Jeff said, but he, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He doesn't beat himself. They did have to replace their entire uh, defensive line this year. Their secondary is experienced, very deep unit, though. Um, I think Arizona has to establish the run game. Our guy Blair Willis noted that all the games, all those games, North Dakota State won against uh, FBS opponents. They were very good against the run. Um, so I think Arizona has to establish a run game. I think they have a chance to do that this this week, certainly better than uh, than last week. When I woke up after the, the Mississippi State game, I was going to pick Arizona to win this game by a field goal. Mm-hmm. But the more I read about North Dakota State, the more I'm convinced I've, I've convinced myself, it's just, it's not going to go Arizona's way. I think it's a close game most of the way, but my score prediction is going to be North Dakota state 34, Arizona 24. Wow. Um, you know me, I am Mr. Optimism when it comes to Arizona football. I love my wildcats. I always think that this is the year that something good is going to happen. And I'm not saying that it isn't, but I just don't have a good feeling about this game. I, I'm fine being wrong. You know, I, I hope I'm wrong. I just, I don't see it. Uh, I'm going to say North Dakota State 27, Arizona 21. I'll be there. I hope I'm wrong. I just, something doesn't feel right about this game. But you know what, Eric, just the fact that we picked North Dakota State isn't going to stop the the folks in the YouTube comments from saying that we've disrespected their team somehow. No, we picked Mississippi State last week. I know, we picked it. We both picked them last week and they're like, oh, you're all taking Mississippi State lightly. I'm like, did you listen? You're just coming over here to troll because we both picked Mississippi State. We both picked North Dakota State this week. So, yeah. By the way, the uh, the YouTube comment section of Wildcat Country is uh, is wild. So it's I know we we post this on Twitter, but go ahead and check out uh, check things out on YouTube because uh, things get got a little crazy with those uh, those uh, Mississippi State fans. But uh, great show. Thanks to our buddy Jeff Dean for joining us. For Shane Dale, I'm Eric Cohen. Thanks for listening, and as always, bear down. Mm-hmm.